I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Well, wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. You're listening to Muses and Stuff. This is the podcast that's all about the dolls. They were the groupies, the wives, the girlfriends, and the muses who played such a huge role in rock and roll history by simply being themselves. They were sweet, sexy, brave, and powerful. They went after what and who they wanted, and they made no apologies. We are your hosts, Shanti and Lynx. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hit our record button, and then we do third backup here, which is... Because we're real pros. Because we're oh. real pros. And no wonder you guys are nominated. <laughs> well, we can we win can... for sure with a third backup. <laughs> well, yeah, we were gonna have three lines of three lines of defense, and we were just reading, uh, or like going over Denise Donlin's book again, and she was saying how she was doing an interview with um, Billy Joel, and he was opening up so much, nothing was recorded. She uh, said she was devastated. Right. We just have nightmares of that now. So, so oh, oh, yeah. we do this. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good, yeah. Redundancy is a good thing, right? I have, in, I have nightmares of Billy Joel, too, actually. <laughs> Especially if he opens up. <laughs> All, right. All right. So are you guys good? You good I'm happy. Yes. Okay. So we're good? Are you recording? We're good. Okay. So we're sitting here with Brad and Dave from Dave or David? Uh, Dave. I like Dave, Dave yeah. Okay. Nobody calls me David Dave? except for my mom occasionally. Okay. So we're here from... With... <laughs> Brad and Dave from 5440. First of all, we want to congratulate you. You were just inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. That's so exciting. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. We're well excited. deserved. Thank yes, you. exactly. Um, yeah. 
Do you want to? Yeah, we have a podcast called called Muses and Stuff, and uh, we were just wanting to know: Have you ever been on a podcast? <laughs> have you ever been guests on a on a podcast before? Never, never been on a podcast, as far as I know. Yay. So this yes. is yes, right? This is our deflowering right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But I, I'm an active podcast listener, mm-hmm. and, and I like the form. I like the medium a lot. It, so, uh, any podcasts in particular you like? Or um, you just... uh, yeah, I like uh, uh, Shields and Brooks, or two political guys that talk on on TV on Friday nights. And then I like uh, uh, what else do I like? I like uh, uh, the, the Fried Zakaria one from CNN, uh, GPS. Yeah, uh, those are probably my two favorites. I have other ones. So U.S. politics. Basically. A lot of U.S. politics. Yeah, I could get it. That's, that's all it is. It's, oh, there's a few sci- the there's a, some science ones in there as well, and um, naked scientists. And then I got the Malcolm Gladwell revisionist history. So, kind of, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it, it is what it is. It is what it is, but I am pretty honored to, like, sitting here with a band who's been doing this for so long now, yeah. to be able to give you a first-time experience is... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's something that I'm very excited about. I will start listening to your podcast now. Thank you so much. Just, just to hear Dave's voice, <laughs> not just your, your two voices. I want to know about your muses. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lynx is my muse. Uh-huh. A lot of my girlfriends are my muses. <laughs> a lot of uh, women in who are doing great things, making positive changes, um, working in the music industry or anything that has to do with social justice. And mm-hmm. uh, so Denise Donlin, humanitarian work. So just the connection between the music, the message, the magic, and then talking to the people who make it. Right. Yeah, and we try to focus on women, but we also focus on male muses as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, everyone gets their time in. Yeah, and then we have also been talking about the G word, groupies. Oh, yeah. So how it started back in the 60s, what happened in the 70s and 80s, and kind of recla- reclaiming the term again yeah. because it turned into something that became, don't talk about it, yeah. or very, uh, ew, she's a groupie. So yeah. just taking that, that language back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As groupie, it's just anyone who wants um, a little more intimate and experience with the band, someone who wants an autograph at the end of the show or yeah. a photo, someone who, a fan is just someone who enjoys the music and is fine being separate from it. A groupie is someone who just wants that little extra connection with whoever makes the music that touches them. Most. Yeah, that sounds completely fair to me. I never really understood the term myself. Yeah. It's it, like it's why it got muddled pretty badly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always had. And a, it was once the positive too, which is so interesting, yeah. like how it shifted so quickly. Well, it was explored in the, in the almost famous, right? <laughs> and quite, and they did it. They did it justice there. I thought. It's interesting, even in that film though. Like they don't want to be called groupies; they're called band aids. Yeah. But it's yeah. Yeah. clear that like they are groupies. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, did you want to ask the first question um, about listening to podcasts? Yeah, and like, what do you guys listen to when you're touring? Oh yeah, okay. So we were kind of saying, um, so you listen to podcasts, but when you're touring, like on the road, what have you been listening to lately? And are you doing iTunes? Are you Apple Music? Are you uh, radio? Are you listening to the radio? It varies. Um, a lot of times when we're driving from A to B, um, we're what do we listen to? Quirks and Quarks. Yeah, on Saturdays. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. Sirius Satellite Radio. 
Um, that's sometimes we have that, but yeah. we're talking CBC a yeah. lot of, a lot of yeah, yeah a it's lot of CBC and it kind of connects the country, right? So we spend most of our time in Canada, and you actually get it outside Canada quite easily. We all have the app and that kind of stuff. So, and that's where we get a, actually, well, me personally, where uh, almost a lot of music is filtered through that too, mm-hmm. or NPR in the United States, where so that's yeah. Okay. And then also, um, Neil is a big fan of Apple Music. And uh, their playlist. So he's he's uh, um, before show. A lot of times in the dressing room, we have the stereo going, and he's pulled up a playlist that's uh, um, psychedelic '60s. Yeah, yeah, it's a big one. Um, we're you know a lot of the times we're going back in order to discover new things. Yeah, um, and that's that's one of the great things about these um, about streaming is the and these playlists is you're getting to discover. Uh, for the first time, music from the past. Yes. It's very inspirational. Um, and speaking of new technologies, uh, you've been touring for 30 years now. How has technology uh, changed the way you interact with your fans? Are you social media people? Do you we we are. I mean, we are. We are. We have. You know, we have an Instagram account and Twitter and uh, Facebook. There's a band Facebook, and also all four of us are on Facebook. Um, but we're probably not as active as a band of twenty-year-olds who've mm-hmm. grown up with the format. Yeah, um, I think that we're we're probably a little skeptical of it because mostly because I mean the bands that we grew up listening to um, was mysterious. Yeah, like what did Pink Floyd look like or what did what did Led Zeppelin do when they're not on stage? Mm-hmm. Like heard rumors. You can read Pamela DeBar's book, I'm with the band Confessions of a Groupie, well, to find out all the answers to that. And then you'll know what they, were, what they looked like and what they were doing in between shows. Um, so, you know, growing up, listening, discovering music in the 70s and the 80s, I mean, you basically had a gatefold album to, to find out about the band and maybe a couple of fan, fan magazines. Yeah. Um, you bought Rolling Stone or Cream. You know, <laughs> you know nobody, was, nobody was taking photos of their lunch for everybody to see. And so I mean, I, I'm a little, I'm a little skeptical. Like, do I need to know what Dan Magan had for lunch? I, I don't know. I, I don't. Is it important to me? It I, is interesting to think of like what Mick Jagger, uh, Jimmy Page would have been tweeting about back then. I remember laying on my bed, like as a 12-year-old, for whatever band I was into at the time, and just wondering, what are they doing right now? Mm-hmm. And now a 12-year-old can go. Now they know. Oh, I know now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Nick, then that's it. Yeah, Instead Nick Jonas of is taking imagining. photos of himself. That's yeah. what he's doing yeah. right now. So. Yeah, it definitely does take some of the magic away. And we're also trying to find our sweet, st- our sweet spot with bands and social media. How much do we connect or contact before? How much do we tweet? How much do we... Oh, and then how much of it is just naturally after show walking up and saying, hey, we're big fans, yeah. and, and doing it that way. So some bands seem to really enjoy the interaction before. Some... Yeah. If you tweet at them, we'll retweet or see you there, and some won't even do anything. So we're just trying to figure out too where how much we want to go on yeah. that. Yeah. Us too. Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. trying yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. the personal connection of meeting your fans in person and seeing them at shows. Um, speaking of fans, um, when I heard that you were playing the festival and that we might have the chance to interview you, I thought <gasps> my roommate actually got up on stage with you in Peterborough 
um, during the summer one time at the end of your set it was the last song and you had invited people to come up on stage and dance with you mm -hmm. and she said that uh, it was one of the most fun experiences that she's ever had at a show and it's so nice that you get to provide that for people not only a great show but then that little personal experience as well um, I'd like to flip the switch a little bit and ask you if you've had any memorable moments from a fan from a fan's perspective from or any interesting moments that you remember uh, like a fun fan moment uh, something crazy that's happened uh, or something really sweet well when you've been playing a long time you get if and you're lucky um, eventually you get to play with a hero eventually you end up playing on a, a bill or opening up for um, a band that you grew up with and has been highly influential and in our case um, we had an experience about 10 years ago when we got to open up for the Rolling Stones and um, not only did we get to open the show but we got to meet them hang out a bit and we actually went out drinking one night with Ron Wood and got a little window into his his daily existence. I wonder what he's doing right now. I'll tell you what he's doing right now. He's drinking vodka. Um, <laughs> um, Maybe ordering a salad too. You know, it's so sometimes you're you're the fan. Yeah. Sometimes you're the fan. I mean, a lot of the times, a lot of times you're you're working with your peers, mm -hmm. right? You, I mean, um, particularly Canadian bands, we've. We've met them all over the years, and we're friends, and we're, and and, um, and uh, can be partners in crime sometimes. And sometimes it's just like, hey, how's it going? As you pass in the hall, but every once in a while, you have one of these moments where it's like, am I, am I really, am I really, am I really doing shots with a member of the Rolling Stones right now? Yeah. I am. This is pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. That's um, so great. And it's hard to not, you know, it's, you, you kind of have to pinch yourself at that point. So yeah, I guess you kind of. I guess I'm a bit of a groupie. Yeah. Thank you for yeah, saying uh, well, that. And the little little sidebar to that is that, you know, that morning I got up, we're staying at the Pallister Hotel in Calgary, and I make my way to my favorite breakfast spot, and Neil and I have breakfast. And I order a, you know, fairly good-sized breakfast, and I start poking at my food, and I realize I can't eat, which doesn't happen to me very often. <laughs> I was I was nervous. Mm. You know, I was like, it's like, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was quite an eventful day. So that's, yeah, very much we were... We were fans. That's so awesome. Yeah. Um, so I have a quote here from Neil. He said, songs are stories and hit songs are classic stories. I was wondering if you could tell us the story behind one of your classic hits. Oh, yeah, I, I do. Uh, I, I, yeah. I know a, a few of them. This <laughs> one here is, is uh, One Gun. Um, and Neil just I said the other day that this song pretty much kind of wrote itself. So he was in a very intense relationship with this woman. I don't know if I should give away the ending. I'm going to do it. Who he eventually yeah. married and is still married to now. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And um, she, she, uh, they've separated uh, just while she went down to South America to do s some social work social justice kind of people she was documenting people's stories of, we need to look her up then yes yeah well we should probably get her here janine she's here to, she's actually Fantastic. with us yeah so and um so she did all that and so that is what that song is all about so it's the personal and then it's gets into sort of what 
why she's not there, right? So it's and it's very, very obvious and very literal when you when you know the story. That's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. And I have one last question, and then I think Lynx has one last question, if that's okay. Um, your last album was all unplugged versions of unplugged classics, and you also change up the arrangements in your live shows. Correct? Yeah. <laughs> um, how does the reinvention, or does the reinvention of your old songs shift your connection to the song? Yeah. Yeah, I, th I mean... It kind of it was a bit of a fluke. What it was, what it really, what it really came out of was the fact that we, um, you know, the, a lot of these songs that we play nightly are 20, 25, 30 years old, and they have to be played every night. Like the fans come, they want to hear their favorite songs, and you want to you want to stay in business. You got to give the people what you want, what they want, but. Um, what you want and what they want. There had been people were starting to go in the and I write these. I write the set lists. I determine what we're going to play every night. Nice. And there's a little bit. There was a little. I was getting a little bit of. Oh, do we have to play that song? Yeah. Oh, I'm really sick of that song. Well, it's a hit. It's like a top five hit. People go crazy when you play. Oh, I'm so bored of it. And I had an idea with a certain song called Crossing a Canyon, which is was a, a hit for the band in ninety five, ninety. Four, uh, five, ninety-six. Good year. So I, I was yeah. listening to the song, which is a very sort of pop rock major key song, and I listened to the words, and the words were really dark, and I hadn't really noticed before. I hadn't really. I, I was very interested by the dichotomy between the darkness of the words and the the buoyancy of the chords and the melody, and I said to Neil, like, what is that song about? And he said, that song is about my dad dying. I'm like wow, like, it's such a happy-sounding song with these dark lyrics. And he goes, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of strange that way. And I took it away, and I, I just took the melody and the lyric and changed the chords to, in my mind, support the message. And, I, and we went to a rehearsal one day, and I said, Neil, I have, a, I have an idea for this song. You're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. So I just want you to sing this song, and I'm going to play different chords over it. You just sing exactly the same melody. Here's your first note. And he played it, and we went all, all the way through it, and he went, wow, that's so weird. And he, you know, after playing through it a few times, he really fell in love with it. Nice. And Janine, who was just mentioned his wife, like, she heard it, and she was, like, totally blown away. And that gave us the gem of the, uh, it's just the spark of the idea that maybe we could do that with, um, some other of the singles from the band's catalog. And what it does is it allows us to um, do a different kind of show where we can go into a smaller theater and do a more intimate, personal experience for the fans where Neil is telling stories of, about the songs or, or uh, personal anecdotes about the history of the band. And then we can do reimagined versions of the songs that maybe shine a light on the lyrics in a little bit different way. And then the next week we can go out and rock out um, and do the songs as, as people know them on the records. Perfect. And yeah, the last question, um, you have an album Keep On Rocking coming out? Yeah, we have an album in the can. It took us uh, several years to make. <laughs> That's a long one. Yeah. It, was a, it was a very, very uh, uh, long gestation period. 
but uh, we've birthed it now. It's mastered. It's ready to go, and it's going to be coming out on El, El Macombo Records. Nice. It's just announced today. Um, sometime, probably, when? June, they say. June! Yeah. And you tour July, right? We're, we've got a lot of shows in July. A lot of yeah. shows in July. Then yeah. we'll see you at something. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Because that's what a good group he does. <laughs> shows she up. Follow, she follows her favorite bands, or he, they show up. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Brad. And Thank Dave. you very much. Yeah. Congratulations. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Great to meet you. Hello, dear stranger. I'd like to introduce you to something new, or perhaps something very, very old. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine is a horror fantasy medical mystery following the titular monk turned traveling medical investigator. Follow Radolf as he navigates a nightmare world in which viruses are gods and the human race are not their favored children. Steeped in history and an aesthetic that can only be described as a combination of occult academia and laboratory Judaica, the heresies of Radolf Burntwine have been described as Umberto Echo meets H.P. Lovecraft. For more information, check out the Patreon at thorb.info. But take care, dear stranger, for some truths are best left unknown. <laughs>